Good morning. God bless you. We want to welcome you this morning to Chapel of Change. All those that are uh, watching online, God bless you. Uh, we want to welcome you once again with open arms. And our prayer is that you receive a personal touch from the Holy Spirit. Um, I thank God for uh, what he's doing in our lives. I thank God for the different things that he is teaching us, even in the midst of the, of the pandemic. God is really beginning to pour out more into us. And one of the things that I believe God is doing in particular is he's, he, he, he's, he's shifting our perspective. I want us to, to, to take note of this word perspective because perspective is powerful. Perspective is the way that we see things. And the way that we see things will actually um, determine our ability or inability to engage in a particular thing. And so perspective is important. I like to read. For me, reading is important. And uh, I, I read the Bible, um, the Word of God. In addition to the Word of God, I, I read other books. I like to read one to two books a month if possible. And so reading is very important to me. And so uh, I, I realize that my eyesight has been getting a little uh, less clear as the years go by, uh, especially when it comes to reading words that are very small or light that is very dim. I find that I need glasses in those times in order to see clearly. I want us to examine this morning uh, our perspective, how we see things. And specifically, uh, I want us to ask ourselves how we see the importance of prayer. We're going to be talking about prayer this morning, and I want us to see that. I want us, I want us to examine our perspective on prayer, because how we uh, perceive prayer, how we see it, is going to really affect uh, our ability to engage in it or, or not engage in it. And so we need to understand that. And I want to ask us this question. Number one, are we engaging in prayer and number two, are we engaging as we should? If we're not, something is wrong. We have an improper perspective. Today, I want to talk to us specifically about prayer. And I've entitled this message, Prayer with a Purpose. Prayer with a Purpose. And I want us to, to see clearly the importance of prayer, and with it, uh, two primary purposes for it. Apostle Paul, who was very influential, uh, uh, a, a disciple who, who uh, spread the gospel of the good news in the New Testament, um, probably more than anybody, according to, to scholars and all the writings in the New Testament, but in the midst of all that he did, and everything that was written about him, and all the wonderful works, the power, everything that he did to serve God, he, he casted out demons. I mean, there was so much that he did. But in the midst of all of that, there was a purpose 
that Paul had. He was a man of prayer, and he was the one that encouraged the disciples to pray without ceasing. But he didn't just pray for the sake of praying. There was a purpose to his praying. He had a purpose for prayer. And I want to read for us this morning out of the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And I want to read out of the Amplified Classic Edition. Philippians 3.10. And I want us to hear, I want us to, to really pay attention and catch this. Because this is the heartbeat of Apostle Paul. This is why he prayed and this is why he did what he did. And he begins by saying this. He's saying, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, God. And that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving, recognizing, and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And he continues. He says, and that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continuously transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death in the hope. There was someone and something that Apostle Paul wanted to know. To know means to have personal experience of something or intimate knowledge of a person. And for Paul, he wanted to, number one, know God. He wanted to know God. He said, for my determined purpose is that I may know him. His purpose for prayer was to know God and to become deeply and intimately acquainted with God. He wanted to understand the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. He wasn't just satisfied with a, a mere head knowledge of Christ or a passing, long-distant, surface type of relationship with Christ, but he wanted a deep and intimate relationship with God. He wanted to know him, and he knew that in order to experience him personally, he was going to have to pray. Prayer is communicating with God. Prayer is this life-giving, uh, life-changing interaction with the living God. He said, I've got to pray. And that was his prayer, not only for himself, but for the people of God. He said in Ephesians 1.17, in the Amplified Classic Edition, for I always pray to God the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, 
that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets and get this in the deep and intimate knowledge of him paul had a proper perspective and a purpose for prayer there was a reason why he prayed now some of us today may be thinking i hear what you're saying and i know that prayer is important and i've tried it i've tried to experience this closeness that you're talking about but i feel stuck i feel like i can't get that close there's something that's hindering my process and my progress from really entering into that place of intimacy and closeness with God. I want to share with you for a moment this encounter that took place because Jesus really points to the to the the heart of the matter in this encounter between two sisters. In the book of Luke chapter 10 beginning in verse 38 through 42. He goes on to describe this There's two sisters named Mary and Martha. And both of them were servants of God and both of them desired to know God. Both of them had this uh just this passion to serve him. And so the Bible goes on to say that Jesus came and they welcomed him into their house. And so here Jesus is now at their house. And I can imagine as the Bible describes all the preparations that were taking place. Martha, the Bible says, was doing all of this, all of this and 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 she was serving and getting things prepared and ready uh for Jesus and anybody else that was with him. I can imagine uh some of the other disciples were there. But when he comes, Mary Martha rather continues on distracted, the Bible says. And she was so distracted that she forgot something or someone that was important and that was Jesus. But Mary, her sister on the other hand, took note that Jesus had come into the house. And after all was said and done and all the preparations and everything that they had been planning to do, enough was enough, and now it was time to just sit at the feet of Jesus. And Martha on the other hand couldn't understand why Mary would go and just sit. And so she goes to Jesus out of her frustration and says she said she said Jesus, can't you see I- I'm doing this and I'm doing that and look at Mary. She's just sitting there. Tell her to get up and to help me. And Jesus says to her, he says, "Martha, you're so distracted." about many things. And I could imagine the king of kings looking into the depths of her soul. And he wasn't just talking about that day in the kitchen. He wasn't just saying you're distracted by all this cooking and preparation. I can all I can only imagine that he is saying you're living a distracted life. You're trying to do too much. Look at Mary She's chosen the good thing. And the thing you're asking me to do, I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not telling her to get up because she's chosen the good part. In other words, he's saying, "Martha, why don't you come and join her?" I think some of us make it too complicated. I think some of us 
want to experience this closeness with Jesus. And we want to encounter him in a very real and personal way. But we get so distracted or we get so, uh, so consumed trying to get everything perfectly and in order for that moment of just sitting. And, 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 we, and I can imagine that we're trying to get all these uh, latest tools and gadgets and even the best devotional just to prepare ourselves to come and to meet with Jesus. But I, but I want to encourage us and I want to make it easy for us the way Jesus did for Martha. Just sit. You don't need to have everything perfectly ready to meet Jesus. Just go find a place alone with no distractions and nothing else happening, whether that's in your bedroom, in your living room, in your car. Just get alone with Jesus and just sit. You don't need anything else other than your Bible a piece of paper, and maybe a pen, something. Because God is going to speak. He is going to speak. I remember when the Lord began to teach me how to really encounter him through the process of prayer. And I didn't know how to pray. I didn't have a prayer life. I didn't really know what it was like to have this deep and abiding relationship with Jesus. And I remember asking God, can you teach me? And I remember as I was there, coming into this place that for me that that time was uh, an attached garage to our home, I, I would go and I would just, I would just show up and I would sit there and I didn't really know what I was doing. And I had my Bible with me and I would sit there quietly, not rushing. And, and I would sit there, 10 minutes would go by, 15 minutes would go by, sometimes an hour. And I wouldn't hear anything. And I'd be sitting there. And I remember one time I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, your sheep hear your voice. You said that your sheep hear your voice. I I'm one of those. And I'm not getting up from this place until I hear your voice. And that was my request day after day. I'm not getting up from this place until I hear your voice. And I was entering into that process. I was pressing into that process. I was staying in that place of prayer. I was, I was talking to God. I was asking God. I was saying, Lord, help me. I want to hear. I want to hear. And one day, I began to really hear from my heart what God was showing me and what God was teaching me. And, and it was not complicated at all. It, it was just a download from heaven. He began to whisper. He began to speak to me. He began to give me a word. And I would pick up my Bible. And I would hear what the Lord was saying to me. And I would begin to, to write those things. One word at a time. One passage at a time. And, and, and it went from just trying to follow this routine that everybody else was saying that I had to follow. And it, and, it, and it went from just trying to have this perfect devotional or this perfect Bible study or anything. It went from just having this rest in his presence, just me and him and his word, and really beginning to hear what he was trying to tell me all along. That's how simple, that's how simple it is. So Paul made it his determined purpose to know him. And number two, Apostle Paul wanted to know 
his power. He says in Philippians 3.10, and that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. Apostle Paul needed power. Power in the Greek is dunamis. And it's where the English words dynamite and dynamic originate from. And it means force, might, strength. It means power. And we get this power through God's ability. Apostle Paul prayed for this also, for himself and for others. He said in Ephesians 3, 16 through 19 in the Amplified Version, May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self indwelling your innermost being and personality so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith God indeed gives us power through prayer but he does it for his kingdom purposes in order for his will to be accomplished in our life. In the book of Luke, chapter 11, immediately after this encounter with Mary and Martha, we step in to the following verse, which is found in the book of Luke, chapter 11, verse 1 and verse 2. Jesus now enters into this village and the disciples are there and Jesus is praying and the disciples are there and I can only imagine they're looking at Jesus from a distance and they're witnessing and hearing his prayer. And I'm imagining that they're saying to themselves, there is power coming through his prayer. There is something that is mighty and forceful taking place. We can feel his prayer. And they wait just a moment until he finishes praying. The Bible says, and when he ceased, the disciples asked him this. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. You see, they had witnessed his personal life of prayer. And they witnessed his power raising the dead casting out demons, healing the sick. And they said, we need some of that power. And so they decided to ask Jesus, teach us to pray, Jesus. We need to know how to pray as well. And there's a reason why we need to learn how to pray. It's to obtain that power. And so Jesus begins to teach his disciples how to pray. And he says, I want you to pray in this manner, in this way. But he didn't lay out this prayer just to be a vain repetition. He wasn't laying this prayer out for the disciples to just follow it, A, B, C, and D. It, as an incantation and just to say it over and over. No, there was a way that he wanted to approach, that he wanted us to approach the Father. He said, when you pray, go to the Father Worship him, honor him, give him reverence. Say, Father in heaven, I magnify you. I adore you. I 
honor your holy name. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. You see, Apostle Paul knew that he needed to have that power just like the disciples did. He knew that he needed to have that same power. And so the disciples, just like we today, need to ask Jesus to teach us how to pray. There is a purpose for why we are to pray. We need the power in every scene of our life. We need power to serve God. We can't do this on our own. We can't walk out this call on our own. Whatever that call looks like for your life, you need the power that only God can give to carry that out for your life. Otherwise, you're going to be running on fumes and you're going to do it, you're going to do it in your own strength, which, which really is not much instead of the power or the God given ability that is provided when we pray. So we need power to pray. We need power to serve God, rather. We also need it to be transformed. Apostle Paul says, so that I may continuously be transformed. It is the will of God for us to be transformed in every area of our being. And to do that, we need the power of God working in us in order to sanctify us and to make us holy. That we may live a holy and a righteous life. We need to be sanctified and transformed through our eyes. The things that we are watching. Our eyes need to be transformed. Our thoughts need to be transformed. The things that we are uh, watching, the images that are in our head, in our mind, needs to be transformed. The words that are coming out of our mouth, the Bible says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth except that which is edifying, that which is grace-filled, so that it may build up or edify one another. Our mouth, our words need to be transformed. Our hands need to be transformed. What are we touching? It needs to be transformed. The things that are that our hands are engaging in. Our feet need to be transformed. Where, where do we find ourselves today? Where are we walking? What are the places and spaces that we are entering into? Our feet need to be transformed. In other words, every area of our being needs to be transformed. And God has the power to do it. But we've got to enter into this place of prayer and really begin to ask God and to seek his face and say, Lord, I need this power in order to do that which you have called me to do. We need to examine ourselves. We need to really examine 
our perspective toward prayer and ask ourselves, do we see the value of prayer? Is prayer important to me? And if it is, the proof will be in our engagement. So I want to ask us this question today. Are we engaging in prayer? And number two, are we engaging as we should? I want to pray for us this morning for, for a moment. And I want us, no matter where you're at, to just close your eyes and to bow your hearts and your heads before God. And just allow God to begin to minister to you and speak to you. Know that your Father is here. Know that your Father's arms are open wide. Know that he desires to experience this close and personal relationship with you. Know that he desires to fill you with his power to do what he's called you to do. Know that his arms are open wide. Father, I ask that you would fill every heart today. God, that you would stir up this fervent passion inside the hearts of your people. That today, there would be a revival, an awakening, and a quickening in their heart, God. That you would call them into that place of prayer far deeper than they've gone into before. God, that you would lead them by the hand and take them to that place of just being in your presence and sitting before the cross, before the foot of the cross, and experiencing you for themselves. I pray, God, that they would know you more deeply and intimately. I pray, God, that they would have this encounter with you. I ask, God, that you would fill them afresh once again to know you more than they've ever known you before. Have your way in their life, Lord. And today, as they draw near to you, may you draw near to them. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you. And we honor you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. And God loves you.